Wednesday afternoon. Welcome into Grant and Danny on January 10th, 2024. We've got Caps tickets for you today at 3.30 right here on The Fan. You better be listening in 90 minutes. We'll go blitzing at 4 and we'll be joined on the blitz by Caps winger Anthony Manta. We'll check in in Baltimore. Jeff Zerebic of the Ravens beat has some insight on some of the candidates for coaching and front office positions Washington's been talking to with ties to Baltimore. We'll also preview their playoff run ahead with Jeff. And Mark Schlereth will join us at 6 for his weekly appointment on Grant and Danny as we get ready for the NFL playoffs with our favorite football cowboy. Danny, what's up? What do you say, buddy? It occurred to me this morning that so I, I don't remember. I don't know exactly how to quantify this. I'm going to do my best with you. It felt like in years past that Washington, where we happen to be sitting, could get a big name person, but you'd have to pay this losery tax in some way. You know, Dan and Bruce or Dan and Vidi are flying Redskins one somewhere, and it's like, yeah, I know you haven't worked in a little while, but you're a name everybody recognizes or something. We'll give you control of the organization. We'll give you control of this. You'll have personnel. I mean, the latest and greatest, of course, is, hey, middling coach with only a couple winning seasons, none since 2017. Here's control of the organization. You're the head coach, also the grand poobah of everything. We all, everyone reports to you. Please come. Please. We're desperate. Ron Rivera couldn't give his picks away trying to get a Russell Wilson, trying to get you know somebody to come play quarterback for him. Matt Stafford was like, nah, bro, I'm, go- I'm going to play with Sean McVay, <laughs> but thank you. Now it's like we request an interview. I say we, I, like I'm doing it. We request an interview. They're like, yeah, totally. I definitely want to talk to you guys. Whether we get the, the ace or the bell of the ball or not, it doesn't. we're not pariahs anymore. That in and of itself feels like such a giant step forward to normaldom that I'm so excited about it. That's where I'm at. Yeah, it's it's competence once again, right? And I don't say once again as if I've seen it in, in my lifetime, really, because you got to go back to when I was a child before I can really remember football in D.C. to the last time that was the case. But I've been saying this over the last few days. Everything this ownership group has done, I've liked and I think has been the right way to do it over the last week. And my evidence is... It's all the antithesis of how Dan did it. It's a night and day juxtaposition, which we expected, but you really didn't know what it would look like until it started. Number one, letting Rivera finish out the season, which there was back and forth on and some people disagreed with. But what you can't argue with is that for the candidates seeking GM and head coaching jobs who didn't know anything about Josh Harris as a football owner, they probably view him as a more pragmatic, patient, trustworthy guy. After he came in and told Rivera, I'll give you a full season, and he gave him a full season. It could not have hurt his standing around the league that he gave a well-respected coach the full season, something that Snyder just wouldn't have done. And by the way, if Harris hadn't have done it, I wouldn't have judged him for it. Any of those 20-point losses, there were five of them. The debacle against the Bears, either of the Giants' fiascos. Yeah, I'd have done it. I mean, I, I'm not a good owner. I shouldn't own the team. But th- I, after some of those embarrassments, I'd be like, we can't do this anymore. He could have blown him out. He, he exercised didn't. the patience, man. Then he, in a self-aware move, which are, are two words with a hyphen between them, that Dan Snyder couldn't find in a dictionary, he goes and gets people to help him in his search. It used to be Snyder by himself, maybe Vinny or or Bruce would show up to help out midway through the interview, talking to Jay Gruden or Jim Zorn or whoever. Now, 
you've got not only Harris, but Mitch Rails and David Blitzer, you know, three billionaires who've had a lot of success in business with Magic Johnson, another billionaire who's an icon and a legend, all from the ownership group involved, number one. But number two, you then go get people who know more about building sports organizations than your group does. That's Bob Myers. He's built championship teams, can help you set up the infrastructure. And that's Rick Spielman because you lack maybe the football acumen and the the chops from a gridiron standpoint. So you hire a guy who's a couple of time executive of the year who, you know, has been to the playoffs six times with the Vikings. That humility. I mean, think about this. The the thing that I begged for under under Snyder for so many years, in addition to like, please stop all the ridiculousness, but just the nor like understanding your first go at it. I I I get this as a 30-something taking over the team that you loved, you're like, I play Madden. Let's go get the best players. Go get me a couple of Hall of Famers. I get that initial, like, I'm JoJo the Indian Circus Boy. I'm so excited. I'm going to hit the ground running. Once that blew up in your face, the humility was needed to go, oh, I don't know everything. Let me just go get the best and the brightest to run this thing. That's just such a natural, instinctive, obvious play that he never made once. And here we are. Josh Harris goes, well, I've never built a football team that's really successful, so I'm going to go hire really smart people. Ta-da. Like, it just seems, it's again, it's so basic. No one should throw a parade for it, but it's such a departure, man. They're also going to be hiring a sought-after executive for the first time in 30 years, literally. Mm. This has not happened. They have not tried this. They've done a lot of different things. Head coach from college, head coach who's won Super Bowls in the past, head coach who just got fired as a longtime champion in another market, uh, up-and-coming coordinator. They've done all of it. Mm-hmm. What they've never done is GM into head coach. And what are they doing this week? They are going balls to the wall to find their executive. They interviewed three yesterday, another couple today. Then they'll do their second round of interviews. They're going to try to have their GM. Maybe we won't know about it till early next week. But I'll bet you they'll have a decision into or during this weekend as to what executive they're going to offer this job to. So that that person, Adam Peters, Ian Cunningham, whoever it is, is going to be able to sit in on meetings with Ben Johnson and with the rest of the coaching candidates early next week. That's where we're at now. Mm -hmm. That is not something that Dan Snyder ever tried to do. So everything that they've done in this process, every step of the way, the press conference, which, by the way, was scheduled for one and started exactly at 100 on the nose. A little thing. You say, oh, that's a little thing. Yeah, you're exactly right, and that's my point. You add up a a bunch of little things and see where you're at. And he got it right. That's what they do around here with this group of billionaires who don't have all of their companies uh, when they leave or or sold off because they're floundering. He answered questions. He took questions. He answered questions. Everything has been the opposite. How did it go before? 100% different Mm -hmm. is how it's going now. So, yeah, it's, it's competence. It's fun. It feels good. And even better news today for the commanders. Because the news in the NFL today was that the Chicago Bears have decided that they are keeping their head coach. Great decision. I love Matt it so much. Eberfuss. That's an awesome call, Chicago. You're doing it. Let's hear it for the Bears, Hi, ladies Bears. and gentlemen. There you go, Bears. Way to go. Continuity. Brilliant. Really smart. I also think you should keep Justin Fields. Run it back. 
I think you should pick a tackle at number one to help out Justin Fields. What about a receiver, Lamar Anderson Jr.? Yeah, you can help take him. him. There you go. That could be fun. Pick a middle linebacker. Do what Detroit did last year. Copy them. I love it. The Bears played eight games against teams over 500 this season. They went one and seven in those games. Let me write that down. One now, and seven. to the Bears' credit, okay, I'm going to give them this. They did play really well down the stretch. Eberflus is an outstanding defensive coach. I don't think anyone would say otherwise. He took over play calling, and they were one of the best defensive units in the league after he took over the reins. And they were a complete pain in the butt to play yeah. from Thanksgiving on. In fact, they went 4-2 and two down the stretch. Their losses by a field goal to the Browns. And then in Week 18, when the Packers had their whole season on the line, they beat Atlanta and Arizona and Minnesota and Detroit. But that's kind of the theme of their season. They didn't really mm-hmm. beat anybody good. So what they've done is they've blown out their offensive staff, including their coordinator, Luke Getze. Uh, he falls on the sword. Whether or not they stick with fields is TBD. But just by starting this way, two-part thought here. Number one, hugely Important and good news for the Commanders because mm-hmm. this is a good job. That's a this really is good a job. Exceptional opening. They've got a lot of money to spend. They've got the number one pick in the draft. You could make the case, and a lot of guests that we've had on have made this case, Danny, that this is a better job than Washington's. I think it's close. I would actually take the Commanders' job because but it's eye of the beholder there. Bears Six one, half dozen the other. Yeah, but the number one pick's a huge deal, mm-hmm. and they've got just about the same amount of money to spend as Washington. It's a great gig. And they have decided in a cycle with Jim Harbaugh, ties to the Bears, Mike Vrabel, former coach of the year who just got fired, maybe Bill Belichick available, Ben Johnson and others out there. They have decided, we're good. Matt Eberflus, man. We got our guy. We got it. I just, if I was a Bears fan, I would be livid about this. Yeah. This is not the course that I would take, but God bless them. They got pick one, pick nine. A huge amount of salary cap space upcoming with, with some maneuvering. Right now, they're about $61 million bucks. Washington's around 80 And again, a couple easy maneuvers to get both teams north of that uh, to, to help their situations. But you've got, again, the number one pick, the number nine pick, an asset that's already at quarterback that's young that you're going to be able to get something in trade. A team like Atlanta, for example, should be in the market, absolutely should be trading for Justin Fields or something to that effect, right? Someone will want him. That's not going to get you a first rounder, but it'll get you a two. Maybe maybe a late two, maybe early three, whatever. I don't know. I'm always surprised by trade markets. The point is, that's a really, really, really good situation. And Matt Eberflus is in it. That's not another, that's not another, that's not some place where a hot candidate's gonna go, oh, I get this, 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 and this. That's exciting. The hot candidate's gotta go somewhere else. You know where somewhere else is? Right here. We're somewhere else. Yeah. I had heard, like everyone else was hearing, that he was probably safe, which was the news as of you know, a week and a half, two weeks left in the season. We were waiting word. He was supposed mm-hmm. to meet yesterday with ownership, and those meetings went into this morning, and then Schefter broke the news this morning, I believe it was, that officially he was going to be staying put and that they were just making sweeping changes on the offensive staff. The, the reason I didn't really believe it, though, is if they're keeping Justin Fields, this is now a gotta-have-it season. His career's on the line. And look no further than Washington last year. There's other examples of this. When you've got a lame duck staff, mm-hmm. you know, Jay Gruden had this problem when he was trying to find a defensive coordinator, if you remember, 
when he was going into the end of his deal and he didn't get an extension. If they don't offer Eberflus an extension and he's in a contract year, now you've got to go out and try to lure one of the good offensive coordinators that's available into your building to work with a quarterback that I would say is someone that's viewed very differently depending on who you're talking to. Some mm-hmm. people love him. Some people think he's not going to be able to play at the level necessary in this league. So between that and, and if you're keeping him, of course, and the fact that it's a lame duck staff that might get blown out in a year, how do it work out for Eric Bieniemy to come join a team with an unproven quarterback who might be firing its coach at the end of the year? Not great, Bob. It's it's just an awkward way to do this. And let's say they're not going to keep Fields, which after they keep Eberflus, I have no faith that they'll do the right thing. I still predict that they'll take a quarterback one. But if you're keeping Eberflus, you can't tell me that there's no way they keep Fields as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I, they're um, I don't. I I'm almost to the point where it's more likely they do keep Fields now because they kept Eberflus. I'm surprised they did that. To me, that's like the halfway mark to just staying put. But if let's say you. You draft a quarterback one. Mm-hmm. If Eberflus gets fired at the end of the year, which with a rookie quarterback, you're not probably winning. If you don't extend him, if you win five to seven games next year, you, you just can't make the case to me that they would keep him. You're starting the cycle again. I know. You're handing the next coach the guy that the last group picked. Yeah, that's why I think it's a stupid move. It's, that's why if I was a Bears fan, I'd be furious. But that's why I'm over here in Washington. I'm clapping like a seal. Great job, Chicago. More of it. Keep running it back. I just don't know what they're thinking. I don't either. Uh, There was a, uh, we'll talk more about this table later, but there was this great visual graph uh, table that came out today that I saw from PFF with a nice write-up and story. And this is an annual thing that they do. But it's essentially NFL offseason resources, right? It's a composite table of what they view as, you know, where you rank and, and the cap percentile that you have with, um, where your draft capital is, and they look at those two things. So it's like the prorated amount of money you'll be able to spend, the amount of draft picks you'll be able to use, and then they give you a final composite score. Mm-hmm. The commanders ranked number one for them. Said differently, not an opinion, but statistically a fact based on their method of looking at it, nobody is in a better spot to spend money and draft players based on capital that they'll have than the commanders, which is why I think this GM and this head coaching vacancy together is such a, it's just going to be not only possible for them to get the mm-hmm. best guy, but this is the perfect time to do all this for Washington. It's a great gig to, to run this front office. It's a really good gig to be a head coach here with this new ownership group. But the number two team in this table is the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. And they're close to Washington. Like the composite scores, they gave the Commanders a 100. They gave the Bears a 97. Nobody else is above a 93. Other teams that need coaches, the Patriots are third. The Raiders are sixth. The Falcons are 10th. I think the Titans are eighth. So there's several in the top 10. But the team that's most competitive with Washington in terms of what they've got to dangle in front of coaches, if you both really want Jim Harbaugh, if you both really want Ben Johnson, you both really want Adam Peters. Whatever, whoever, yeah. Uh, I guess they already have a GM, but keep it right, with right, the right. head coach. They're your toughest, stiffest competitor, according to this composite of being able to spend, being able to add talent this offseason. And they decided not to open their job. What a coup for Washington that news was today. That piece being taken off the board, I, I don't think we can underrate it. 
Same. I, I've been thinking the Bears would open, and that would be job number seven. And I still, I, I'm banking on. I know you're on the opposite side of this. I'm still betting on Belichick being out in New England. I think that opening is still coming. I wouldn't be surprised, but if I had to put my money down today, I'd, I'd bet on him staying staying there. But of course, that could be proven wrong at any any point in time. Um, as you start to look at some of those openings, though, when you add in the total combination of assets, right, with the cap space, draft capital, and everything else, that to me was just why you start over in Chicago. That's what I would have done. I know we're over talking about Chicago, but that's why I would have said, let's just hit the ground running here because, again, we've we've set ourselves up really, really well for this kind of thing. The thing we were talking about with Washington when we both liked the idea of trading away Montez Sweat and Chase Young to get future assets, it's basically saying, let's set the stage for the new regime. They did that and then kept the same regime. Holy shnikes, is there some breaking NFL news right now? You got to be kidding me. Uh, let's fire up the breaking news bed, Darius. Breaking news on the fan brought to you by Beat the Streak for tips to win a $5.6 million prize. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Adam Schefter first on this. An absolute shocker out of Seattle. Pete Carroll is expected to be out as the Seahawks head coach, according to sources. He still could remain in the organization, but not as a head coach. So this could mean he takes over as a president football ops, maybe works with above John Schneider. He is 72 years old. He's one of the oldest coaches in the NFL. You wouldn't know it based on the energy on the sideline. But Pete Carroll expected to be out as the Seahawks head coach, which means you can add another vacancy. Let's look at where Seattle might rank and juxtapose them with Washington next. Again, this is breaking news right now on the fan. Adam Schefter saying Pete Carroll going to be out as the Seahawks head coach. We're Grant and Danny on the fan. We're Grant and Danny. This is The Fan. Welcome back, and thank you for making the show part of your day. The breaking news in the NFL. Yesterday's was, I would say, a little surprising. Mike Vrabel being fired by the Titans. Today, an absolute stunner. In that, Pete Carroll is not stepping away, according to Adam Schefter, but it sounds like he's being fired as the head coach. Now, there are reports that he's going to stay on as an advisor, Basically, they'll pay him good money and continue to get counsel from him because, look, he's one of the longest-tenured coaches in the league. He's been the head coach in Seattle since 2010. Just to give you an idea, time frame football-wise, he took over there the year Mike Shanahan took over here. He has been there for 14 seasons since, and he's had a lot of success. They won a Super Bowl championship. They appeared in consecutive Super Bowls, two NFC titles. They have won 11 or more games six times under Carroll. They were a mainstay as a double-digit winner. Over the last three years, they're middling. They're 25 and 26. And I think that's where I want to start the conversation mm-hmm. is, how do you compare this opening to Washington? Because so, just so we're all on the same page, the GM and executive hirings are going to be happening this week into the weekend. That's what's going on in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. The coaching stuff really is going to start early next week. So I think there's some feeling that, well, Bill Belichick's not fired yet, so the Patriots aren't firing him. Wrong. Same thing with Carroll today or Vrabel yesterday. You got 72 hours to kind of sort it out. Yeah, some of these meetings happen, end of season, let's review this, let's talk about vision going forward, and I guarantee you they weren't the same. I bet you an executive is going, hey, we should probably rebuild. 
We should do something different than just being a game out of the playoffs. But there have been zero head coaching interviews. You're not behind if you're Seattle right. or if you're New England, as an example, because those interviews really aren't starting until early next week anyway. So Belichick could still be out, and that's a quarter of the league's coaches fired at that point. Eight out of 32 teams would be looking for head coaches. But I think it's important each time one of these openings takes place, like Vrabel yesterday, where you look at the team and you try to compare Washington to that club. And I think in this case, the commander's job is significantly better than the Seattle job just as it pertains to this offseason. Mm-hmm. Not saying they've been a better organization or they'll win a Super Bowl sooner, although I'd like to think they could or would if they make some good hires. But here's my argument, and you tell me what you agree or disagree with. When you're hiring a GM or a head coach, it's almost better to have recently been bad than spinning your tires neutral mm-hmm. because of the assets you get to help you when you're bad from the league. They don't want you to stay bad. That's draft compensation. You know, maybe you've been saving up salary cap. So, number one, being 25 and 26 over three years, Seattle is kind of stuck right smack dab in the middle. That's a terrible place to be. Number two, they don't have a quarterback of the future that's appealing to anybody. Geno played at a really high level last year. Not quite as good, but okay at times this year. Drew Locke's probably a backup. Geno, by the way, correctly and deservedly got $100 million. But there's not someone that's thrilled to go work with Geno Smith. So they might be one of these teams, even though they don't normally do this under John Schneider, that is desperate to trade up and get a quarterback Mm -hmm. or to play the QB game in free agency or something into the next couple seasons. But they don't have anything to dangle in front of you like L.A. does with Herbert, Washington does with the number two pick, Chicago would have with the number one pick from a QB standpoint. And lastly, the PFF composite asset rankings I've been referencing. So this is the combination of draft capital and cap space to help with a GM hire, or in this case, if a head coach wants to go there, out of 32 teams this offseason, they're 27th on that list in terms of money yep. and cap uh, space and draft picks to use to improve your ball club. 27th of 32. So I would go as far as to saying this isn't a very good job right now. Not this minute. It's a teardown. This is a... We are, as far as we can go, with very little salary cap room, we've got a lot of high-salary players that are really good, by the way. I, a lot of people would like to have DK Metcalf, Jamal Adams, and, and, and company. But they've gone as far as they can this way. They're middling. I guarantee you a 70-plus-year-old Pete Carroll's going, I don't want to wait around for a, a teardown and, and coach a bunch of neophytes. He's had one losing season since 2012, and that was uh, a couple of years ago when they went 7-10. and 10. They average over 10 wins a season. Since he put his imprint on this organization. First couple of years, they were 7-9. and nine. After that, they rip off double-digit wins like they get out of bed. Asking someone to start over again probably wasn't appealing to him. So it sounds like he's going to transition to somewhere else in the organization. In, in a kind of more senior leadership role. So right now, this minute, you're dealing, you're looking at pain. You're looking at a what the Wizards are doing right now, for example. Now, in the NFL, it doesn't take as long. Uh, a lot of times, and we see that with you know a bunch of cuts and some young players, free agency. There are a lot of tools at your disposal, but this is a teardown. So the idea that you could be good quickly, I mean, listen, that's a good organization. John Snyder's awesome, so maybe they might beat some people to the punch and end up better than we think, sooner than we think. But on paper right now, there's no way that's as good a job as, say, Washington, Chicago, or even the Chargers. If Carroll is staying on as an advisor, and they're already saying that, it tells me he has no interest in being a head coach at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're Pete Carroll, if, if they're moving on from you or you want to move on and they're firing you, 
if he wanted to, he could go interview. Now, again, he's 72 years old, yeah. but that doesn't preclude you. He's 72 going on 50. Like, that guy will outlive me, I bet. He is in way better shape and is way more he's capable so energetic. of living life and just not feeling terrible every day than not me, and I'm half his age at 35 years old. Just chomping gum, clapping hands. But I take that to mean he is done being a head coach. Maybe he would be interested in running a front office or running a football department, I guess. But do you agree with that? If he's going to stay on in some capacity with the Seahawks, that's yeah. already been determined, that it wasn't uh, a situation where he wanted to go look at other openings? I think so. Yeah. So, I again, I... The, the analogy I used this one yesterday it reminds me again of, of Gary Williams here in town locally where he's going, I don't necessarily want to do this style of build. I don't want to play this game anymore. I still love basketball, still love doing it. So you kind of graduate to a, to a different role. That, that's what it reminds me of here. I, I, get, I would be willing to bet a whole bunch of money that Schneider, senior leadership were like, dude, this 500 record basically we've had over three years is emblematic. This is as far as we can go. We got to take a step back and saying to a guy that does nothing but win double digit games and has teams competitive, you really want to start over? He's probably like, no, but I'll, I can't do that grind. I can't do a, a hundred hours a week, barely sleeping, you know, chewing gum and, and drinking caffeine just to stay awake to, to deal with that. That's not exciting to me, but having my fingerprints as a leadership role might be. So that's what I would bet is that he's now kind of graduated from coaching and going through that grind. So I pointed out the things I don't like about the Seattle job or why it's probably not one of the better available gigs this cycle. There are some things that are good about it. Uh, it's a good ownership situation, although I think they're going to be changing hands, supposedly. Like, there's been a lot of talk about Bezos maybe coming in. But there is, that has been an organization of stability for a long, long time. Pete Carroll, as I mentioned, has been there since 2010. So he, he lived through Shanahan, Gruden, Rivera. Like, there will be four Washington coaches, essentially, in the time that there was one Pete Carroll in mm -hmm. Seattle. John Schneider, who's a former executive Stud. here in D.C., who left Ashburn and went and got that job, he's been the GM there for, I'd have to look it up to find the exact date, but I'm pretty sure it's well over a decade now for John Schneider out in Seattle as the GM there. So there's definite stability. It's an ownership group traditionally that has been you know, patient and, and fairly uninvolved and kind of lets them do what they want to do from a football standpoint. You also have tremendous facilities. I, this has been years, so it might be slightly dated, but I know at one point in time when I used to talk to uh, players when they would get to go to free agency about traveling around or seeing facilities, like Seattle's would always come up as mm -hmm. one of the most beautiful practice facilities on the water and, and what they're able to offer players in that regard. And then the last thing is, and I don't know how much you care about this if you're a GM, I would think as a, a head coach it probably matters to some extent to you. It's a really good football market with a great fan base yes. and probably the best, if not one of the best home field advantages in the National Football League. Those are the assets to me where you've got an executive that has kept the team really, really good, again, for more than 10 years in Schneider, where they've built and they have had different identities. Remember what they were at one point, handed off Legion of Boom. Then they became offensive uh, laser shows, scoring over 400-some points a game. Then it's been a, a morph of a bunch of different things. That guy in Schneider is really, really good. And that's kind of my best thing for for a, for a coach or for somebody uh, that wants to come in there. I think it's a smart point to touch on how good that home field advantage is, how tough it is to play there, and you kind of got that built in as well. Facilities being awesome just don't hurt. So my 
I, I bet on them to be able to turn it around pretty quickly. There are a lot of teams that have been able to do that, quite frankly. I mean, it, look no further than Houston picking in, uh, number two overall playoff team this year. It can be done if you know what the hell you're doing. I think that's a really good opening for one of the veteran DC-type retreads. You know, if they want to go... Dan Quinn set a culture? Maybe Quinn. You know, I was thinking like Brian Flores, but yeah, Dan Quinn's perfect example. Yeah. Like Quinn, Flores... You know, one of these guys who's got some Pete Carroll to them, mm-hmm. if they want to keep the same basic structure in place where like this is a defensive organization, you, you come to Seattle, you better chew bubble gum and get pushed around. And you might not bring your bubble gum. Like they want to be physical and run the football, and they're kind of built right now with great corner play. Uh, I could see them making that kind of hire rather than going with hot shot offensive options. Mm-hmm. If they were to do that, Hypothetically, let's just say they brought in. I'm just going to pick a random name, but uh, Bobby Slowick from Houston. I think they would need to probably trade up and get a quarterback. They've got a year left here with Geno. Uh, that would be a good way to reset this whole thing, which is not traditionally what they like to do. No, but they got to get themselves out of this kind of middling territory. I say this all the time, and I, I believe this in every sport, less so in football, but I think this works in all sports. Uh, really, the axiom started for me in baseball. The worst thing you can be is average. No, that's the worst thing you can be in sports is mediocre, because you're 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 not given you know the prizes to get good again that the bad teams get. It's like being at a party where you get a goodie bag when you leave. You don't get to get one of the goodie the good goodie bags, <laughs> but you also don't get to participate in the fun activities at the party right. with the really good teams, right? So you're just kind of stuck smack dab in the middle. Uh, but I would say the L.A. gig, still right there at the top. The Washington gig, probably head and shoulders maybe as a, a top two above the rest. Let's do this next. I want to open up the MGM National Harbor listener lines with you, Danny. We now have seven openings with the Titans yesterday and the Seahawks today. Two teams that have been in the playoffs most of the last several years. Currently, how many jobs do you think are better than Washington's that are out there of the seven? Like, if you are a head coach and all seven teams are offering you the job, which gigs would you take over the commander's offer right now? That's the question. 800-636-1067 is the number on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. With that pick six, the Seahawks took a 22 to nothing lead over the Denver Broncos in a Super Bowl they would eventually win under Pete Carroll. Today, according to Adam Schefter, he's using the word fired. Others are saying they're parting ways. But Pete Carroll out. Sounds like Schefter saying they fired him from his head coaching duties. He'll stay on as some type of advisor. Clearly not interested then in interviewing for other jobs as a 72-year-old. But that means that we've got to go to the BetQL guest hotline. We've tracked down Drabby. Our Seattle correspondent. Who was at the gym, was just finding out about this. We wanted to give Drab a chance to say goodbye to his dearest Pete Carroll. Drabby. Hey, what's going on, guys? Tough day. First off, I'm out on Stallion. He just called me and was fake crying and doing a poor baby bit on the phone. I'm he out on Stallion. I got to find a new guy at the radio station. I can't be trolled and mocked 
when a person I love is going through some tough times. I'm a big Ryan guy. I'm surprised he did that. He's a good person. He was being a tough you know guy. People, people make bad decisions. Yeah, well, no one's more emotional on Twitter than Ryan Clary, but I guess if he gets a chance to troll other people, it's, it's all fair game. Well, well, Drab, oh. I actually I just pulled up a tweet from October 2021 saying, please retire Pete Carroll. So why are yeah. you so upset yeah. again? Uh, I'm, I'm an emotional, and, I, and uh, sometimes uh, family members fight, Ryan, and that's how <laughs> I feel about Pete. He's, a, he's, a, he's my grandfather, and... Uh, he, he, he's my Joe Gibbs. I just told Grant that over the phone. I texted him. He's, he's my Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs was just fired in Seattle. Granted, we don't have three Super Bowls, but we had no championships. We had Seahawks had never experienced that. And it was the greatest run of, of professional sports in, in my lifetime. As far as someone to cheer for and a team to cheer for. And with Russ gone and Pete being fired, it's over. I, it's like a part of me is floating down the river. I got to say, by the way, this was not meant to be acrimonious. I mean, Ryan's really turned the tide on the idea of having you on here. On behalf of the Grant and Danny radio program, we didn't bring you on to troll you. That was, it was not a troll attempt. And search no, your tweets no, no, from 2020 you to cancel you like you're some baseball skin. player at the All-Star game. Nah, I mean, that, that nah, was that never was... Our, our intention here. Uh, Drabby, nah, I do have a question, though. So, yeah. yeah. This, was, this is what I said about Seattle. I want to know if you agree or disagree. I don't view this as a great job right now. They're stuck in the middle, 25 and 26 last three years. They don't have an attractive quarterback situation. PFF put together their composite ranking of draft capital and cap space this offseason. Yep. They're 27th out of 32 teams in kind of assets to build with. I know it's a great stadium, home field advantage, facilities, fan base, but I don't think this is a great gig right now. What do you think? Well, on paper it's not, but – Great organizations are, are still great organizations. If Tomlin was fired, if, if Harbaugh was fired in, in Baltimore, I, I put Seattle in that same category. It's a well-run organization, especially if Pete's still involved or John Schneider. I don't even know what's going on with him. I haven't seen the news. Um, it's still, it's still, you know, long-term, it's a place that I would want, want to be. And hopefully they're already on the phone with Dan Quinn. That's the guy who was saying that the commander should, should hire. Now I don't want the commanders to hire him. Leave him for us, please. Um, but, yeah, they got they got a, a straight, full rebuild in front of them. But hopefully uh, we can cut some of this dead weight, some of these older guys, Jamal Adams, Quentin Diggs. Um, don't sign, resign Jordan Brooks. We got we got some weight. Maybe Lockett gets cut. We, we got some weight to shed. Drabby, I'm a Geno you... guy. Now, I, but I'm a Geno guy. I might ride with Geno. He, oh, dear. He's my, he, he's my, he's my last, uh, you know, he, my heart still flutters for him a little bit. Drabby, what do you think happened? Here's my bet, right? I bet that John Schneider and like the organization goes to 72-year-old Pete Carroll saying, dude, this is as far as we can go. Salary cap, we're maxed out. We're 500 basically yeah. over three years. We're in the worst spot you can be, like barely missing the playoffs in a mediocre NFC. We got to start over. And I bet you Pete Carroll said no. And so I think they fired him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's probably similar to what happened with Vrabel, where, where you know, Jody Allen wanted probably a rebuild, and Pete said, give me another shot, give me one more chance. But the problem is – he used that excuse last winter when they had a terrible year, and he said, "Let me get, let me get one more." And they said, "Okay, we'll give you one more." And they went nine and eight and missed the playoffs. And you know, I think he lost his authority in that. But him, him, and John Schneider were always like fifty-fifty. They're like brothers, a package deal. So I don't really know. You can't really have one without the other. Doesn't make sense to me. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, as, as a Seattle sports fan, 
you know when it's time and you got to let someone go, probably it's the right thing to do, but you don't want to. Maybe it's a divorce and you want to stay together. You think about the good times, but, you know, it's just not working out. That's probably, once I sit back and get a clear head about this, that's probably how I'll feel. But, I mean, I really, I can't overstand. Like, I love Pete Carroll. Like, he's he's my guy. He's uh, Gary Williams or whatever you want to call it. That's my guy forever. Have you seen what Schefter tweeted about who the favorite is for this job? Well, I hope it's Dan Quinn, but I haven't seen. Jack Del Rio. No, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Oh, you're doing a stallion bet. You're trying to make me upset. No, I just wanted to bookend the conversation with a little fun. Travi, thank uh, you. We're just funning. We Sorry, appreciate buddy. you. Get back to working out at the gym. All right, guys. Travi on his guy, Pete Carroll, who we referred to. I don't want to brush past this. Yeah. He's my Joe Gibbs. Two Lombardi's light, but he is his Joe Gibbs, Danny. Listen, it's a bit much, but he's trying to make a point. Like, this is not an organization that had a lot of success. Like, Mike Holmgren had some really good years mixed in there, but they, for a while, were like, you know, they were known for Dave Craig getting sacked a million times and having the most fumbles and the original Kurt Warner. They had Steve Largent, like, 30-some years ago, but this was this was not a consistent winner. They were, they were very Washington-esque in, in that way. He brought them double-digit wins every year in a Super Bowl. The NFL is such an entertaining product, by the way. I, I joke, and I stole this from Zabe years ago, but he, he talked about it being a TV show about quarterbacks, right? What a TV show this is. It's they, the best. You can't. This is better than anything streaming on Netflix or Prime. You got Wink Martindale cursing out Brian Dable, driving to the airport to out. go home, trying to figure out if he's going to get – one's trying to get him to quit. The other's trying to get him to get fired. They're screaming at each other and cursing. You got Pete Carroll getting axed. Mike Vrabel out of nowhere. You can't make this stuff up, man. Just when you think you know what's next in the, the NFL, you got no idea. We're still waiting to see what happens with Pete Carroll, maybe the great uh, with uh, with Bill Belichick, Belichick, maybe the greatest coach of all time. You kidding me? It's why people do that bit, and it's a little bit tired, but it does make sense. Where like the NFL writers did a great job this year because I mean, it literally it seems like a plot of a television show. It's a really good movie. It's a good show. I'd eat popcorn and go to the theater every night to watch it if I needed to. He's Danny. I'm Grant. You're listening to The Fan. Which openings are better than Washington's? That's the question. We'll get into that next on G&D.